Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hello. Part do. Yeah. Of the multiverse. That's French. Of wonders. Big, chunky UA. Normally two, three, four, five pages. It's like 12 pages yeah, this long. this is a big one. And it's got some, it's got some good stuff in here. Got a little bit of heft. I, I like it. Yeah. I, I'm pretty, pretty happy with what I've seen so far and looking forward to, um, to what they're going to do with this. And, uh, Bill teased out that at the end of the episode, he was going to he was going to tell us what he thinks, but he did not. So you had to wait a whole other week. Maybe he'll tell you this week. I don't know, but we know. I did mention it. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to start with backgrounds, right? We get we get some backgrounds, um, and that's that's pretty cool. Well, backgrounds. I mean, we know how important backgrounds are. We do yeah. this kind of stuff all the time. Uh, I mean, we'll go. We can go over a couple bonus feats later on because it, it's just real brief. But I like the back. We'll go into backgrounds. I think those are more fun, anyways, because that's the meat and potatoes of your yeah. character, and that's what your that's what your game master is going to feed off of, hopefully. And um, they should. They right? should. Yeah, we've we've mentioned that maybe one or two times up to now. Uh, first out, um, the gate warden. The gate warden. Spend a significant amount of time somewhere influenced by a portal to another plane of existence or by intense planar forces. You're accustomed to experiences that would leave others reeling in terror or enraptured by otherworldly beauty. And you're as comfortable dealing with fiends and celestials as you are with vendors in town. That could be real fun. Oh, I could have a blast running a campaign like this. Uh, I would have so much fun. I would have fun playing in one, but already in like reading this, I would really, really like to whip up, even if it's like a, a one-shot mini campaign with with characters kind of like the, at least one gate warden. Yeah, who who is, isn't surprised by anything. No, because, because they've, They've seen, seen a so, lot of... They've seen a lot in so many other things that are quite literally otherworldly that... Everything's like, oh, well, that looks vaguely familiar. Uh, or, gee, I've never seen anything like that before. How interesting. Yeah, and like right out of the gate, number one on the personality traits is strange events and otherworldly creatures don't phase me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a fiend. Oh, a fiend. His name is Reginald. He's quite a nice guy. I think in terms of exchange, probably from dealing with fey folk, uh, something for something, nothing for nothing. Or dealing with the fiends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you get another the, yeah, the devil yeah. and Daniel Webster type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And probably my favorite, I speak with an unusual cadence. Um, <laughs> it's just shaking. I his... tried to get that one to that one before he did, but it wouldn't have done any good. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. You also you pepper your speech with borrowed words and curses from plainer languages. Yes, and. If you're going to do this, and it's awesome, don't do the, I use the traditional blah, 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 blah curse. No, make it up. Make, make it, it up. sound similar enough where people might know what you're actually talking. You know, 
what Farscape, everything was Frelling. Yeah. Yep. Make it so it's close enough where they'll they'll understand the meaning, but not necessarily have to. Well, all right, what's that? Although every once in a while, you know, blast and frick. What the hell is a blast and frig? Have fun with it. Crack open your Klingon to English English Klingon <laughs> dictionary and use some Klingon profanities. Throw a little Romulan in there while you're at it. Yeah, I've seen enough to know that you can't take anyone at face value. So I scrutinize everyone I deal with. I I can see that. Yep. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, it'll even, get you killed. Even if the cover has lots of mouths and it seems to be bleeding from its eyes, it might be a really nice guy after all. And I have superstitious habit I picked up, such as touching iron when I'm nervous or arranging objects in a specific order. Got to throw a little OCD in there. Yeah. And and they uh, when you make a character, you can roll once in the gate ward and trinkets table. Which is, um, I encourage you, as we have before, to DMs, make a bigger table. Yeah, um, all these could be expanded. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of cute little trinkets on here, but I would I would want something like, you know, a necklace that has a, uh, like a demonic face on it. And occasionally the demonic face will just scream. Or <laughs> or the face will, you know, smile or it will, you know, A soundless frown. scream. Yeah, it'll just be opening its mouth, yeah, shrieking, but nothing comes out. How about an, uh, a necklace with an eyeball or a ring with an eyeball on it that seems to follow everyone's movements? Yeah, just like doesn't do anything, but it's uh it's disembodied from something, and yeah. it, that part hasn't died yet. Just like maybe the the face on the necklace was a shrunken head of a fiend or something, yeah. and the head's still very much so alive. It can't scream because you know everything. From the chin down is missing, so it's making no noise. But just something that's like disturbing. Off putting? Yeah, very off putting. Like, oh, pardon me. You don't have to button your shirt up a little bit. What? Or it's constantly blowing chest hair out of its mouth, you know? <laughs> so occasionally, like, you know, your character's chest hair is like moving around like something's crawling through it, but it's the shrunken head necklace. Or. Your your eye pendant or ring. Maybe it was a Casanova before it was plucked <laughs> so out of it. So it's, it winks at everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's always following the ladies around, you know, like the, that one creepy dude that's staring, you know. The one guy at the strip club that's got the, the wad of dollar bills. <laughs> and never blinks. It never blinks and ain't <laughs> drinking anything. Except water. Except water, yeah. He's got his two-drink minimum and hasn't touched them. So what class would you use this background on? I would I would be tempted to maybe I think a bard because who better to like a, a bard could be an entertainer, right? An author is an entertainer. This is mm-hmm. someone that's chronicling their travelers travels through, you know, the multiverse. So they're they're writing these books or they're writing these poems or these songs or whatever have you. And almost like an awkward kind of silly person yet like nerdy but can really like dig into the high adventure thing you know is really good at indiana jones style stuff but doesn't look good doing it like indiana jones does you, you know he's the kind of guy you'll get in a fist fight i'll throw down i'll run hands with you but he'll uh you know get punched in the face and his eyes will cross and he'll land on his ass you know uh things like that he's he's skilled at fisticuffs but he's not he don't look good doing it you know he's not going to be like jason statham i'd go wizard 12 year old girl permanently 12 year old girl 
through the influences of the extraplanar creatures and being exposed to the to the gates con- constantly has halted her, her the aging process. That's She'll probably die at 70 or something, but she'll always look, look like 12. 11, 12-year-old girl and make her a wizard. Like Kirsten Dunst vampire in yeah. the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Not the Vampire Diaries. Oh, oh. So you watch that too, I think. I, I don't, but I hear you a did. lot about Interview it. with a vampire. Interview with a vampire. Both yes. had pretty vampires in it. Yeah, and and there'd be like tons of fun stuff uh, you could do with that. You would, you know, you would have like this... this uh, 12-year-old, I mean, she looks 12. Right. Right? But she would have, you know, maybe this aristocratic bearing about her, like Dame Maggie Smith, only in a 12-year-old body. Yeah. yeah. Like, there'd be this weird authority about her, um, and she would wear her hair like maybe like a middle-aged person would. Right. And not like a 12-year-old girl. Well, well that and middle-aged clothes, just yep. smaller size. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're wearing your, your mom's? Or, or you know, oh, okay, whatever. But yeah, you know, that's just that. That's the first thing that popped in my head. But I'd make her wizard. I'd be the class I'd go with. I thought about it, and I was like, they're both are the Watchers. I would, I would make them like Heimdall, because that's what Heimdall does too, yes. as well. Yep, yep, yeah. He's he's a gate watcher, right? So, but I would mix it with the oath of the, uh, oath of the Watchers mm-hmm. and model model him after Heimdall. Good call. Yeah. That would make an awesome adventuring party. The the Heimdall character, the pseudo Doctor Who yep. nerdy guy, Tom Baker, of course. Of course. And uh interview with the vampire. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. It would be yeah, it would be it would be a bitchin' party. It would be a ton of fun. Oh, we just have to find someone to run it. Huge <laughs> <laughs> draw. Yeah, Hudron, <laughs> Matt Fillion. There you go, man. I heard your podcast. I've been listening to it. It's it's good. I like it. It's got a long title, and I always am like the Sanguine Moors of. Damn it! Uh, so I had to save it. But Matt, you are my you and your 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 party are my my constant companions on the treadmill while I'm, I'm treading along. my life. Yeah, we get Jerome to it, but he's busy. How busy can Jerome be? He's very busy. He's very busy. That's unfortunate. Yeah, so, yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, I guess we're not going to enjoy that then. Well, we had the party. We just needed DM. Scott Legault? Just... Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Or even one of our guys, Andrew. Oh, Andrew would never came with us again, <laughs> <laughs> ever. It's bad It's bad enough to a couple times. The poor guy just learning to, D, to be a DM, and we, we abused the crap out of him. So, yeah, no. We'll save this one for Marcus. Marcus would appreciate yes, this. Yes, he would. How about giant foundlings? I thought this was interesting. I thought it was very Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, first thing I thought too. Yep. You're not a giant. You know what I think of? I think of the polar opposite of Will Ferrell's character in Elf. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where he was raised <laughs> by all these elves, you know, and he was Will Ferrell all wicked big sitting on teeny tiny Bob Newhart's lap, <laughs> living in the little, little house. I was just happy there's one movie that didn't end up in his underwear. They, they, um, this character would look like Vern Troyer walking through like his giant parents' house. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group, but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself, where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. 
What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there, and there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Confidently read these narratives aloud in your campaign and impress noob and veteran gamer alike. And the best thing about it is, the library of narratives is constantly growing, and it's affordable. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. Yeah, you grow up amongst giants. Uh, maybe you're an orphan taken in by a sympathetic family of stone giants who raised you as one of their own, or perhaps you lived in a lost prehistoric pocket of the world surrounded by giants and fearsome behemoths or a hulking dinosaurs. I mean, there's... I looked at it and I went, eh, why? But the more I read it, it's like, okay, I, I can work with this. Yeah, that, well, that's why I said it was interesting. And then the way Scott just you know, portrayed it. I was like, oh, I can really get into that. Yep. The care I would I would want the character to be like from a giant family that that grew up in like the um center of the earth type of thing, you know, where there were dinosaurs and big gorillas and shit like that. And he'd always be he'd always be paranoid. Just like on high alert, severe PTSD. <laughs> and when there was dinosaurs a, would do that to you. <laughs> when there's when there's a fight, there'd be no Punches pulled, so a barroom brawl would be a life or death situation. Because think of it, like, if he's being raised by giants, maybe he reaches adulthood. Maybe he's a good-sized guy, right? Maybe he's like six foot four, 280 pounds. He's all jacked up. You have to be yep. if you got older giant brothers. Can you imagine how terrifying to, like, even a big dude, a, a giant toddler would be, right? They got to put everything in their fucking mouth, and they have... <laughs> <laughs> and they have temper tantrums, and they throw things, you know. So you you be on high alert all the time. Yeah, you're like I'm I'm ready to dodge a calf, <laughs> you know, or a cart or something like that. Some big thing that's going to come flying my way. And then you know, I I all it took was one time for a teething teething infant to put me in their mouth, and I was like, I'm done. Still got the dent in my head from that one tooth that was peeking through. And then you throw dinosaurs and giant gorillas in there, and He's a, he's a guy that would. His head's on a swivel. A head's every, on a swivel. Every noise. <laughs> barely and, sleeps. And he goes way too far in the fights. <laughs> you know, I was like, dude, we don't need to, we don't need to cut anybody's head off this time at the bar room. It was just, you know, we're running hands with a couple dudes. It was like, nope. Yeah, not in his world. Yeah. I'm going to pound their face until yeah. my fist hits the floor. Ain't nobody putting me in their <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Once again, we're going to move on. It'd be a barbarian. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. Well, yeah, it would have to be. It would have to be, yeah. Well, what about, yeah, what about you guys, though? Giant Foundling, there's, this is fodder for a good time. Uh, a beer and pretzels kind of game. Uh, oh, very day. much so. Maybe he can go with, with, our, with our group, uh, you know, on a merry adventure through the multiverse. That'd be interesting. That would be, that would be great. <laughs> so we have our fourth. Yep. All right, we need one more player then. Still haven't got a DM, but we need another player. <laughs> That's okay. We'll put the party together. We'll 
throw this whole thing out there. And, and at the table, you got to dress like your character. Nobody wants to see me in a loincloth. No. Yeah. I got to see if I can find a, a dress that'll fit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wear my skirt, my, my kilt. That doesn't count. You need like something that looks good with a giant lollipop. I'll, I'll print out Heimdall's helmet. I, I I can't do ponytails. I have no hair. They have wigs. <laughs> Can I be a redhead? If you so want to be. If you want. So they give you these. Uh, you get an origin story. You were found as a baby by a family of nomadic giants. Um, probably where some of the PTSD came from. So maybe you weren't found by them, but they slaughtered your village, and then they're like fighting over whether or not they were going to eat you. And some, you know, some giant lady or elderly giant woman was like, "No, I'll I'll raise this little little thing as as my own." I couldn't have children of my own. Yeah, um, it looks big for a human child. <laughs> we'll just feed it. Yeah, extra you're twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> you get rescued when you fall down a mountain crag. You Live with them underground ever since. So you're all pasty white. You got to wear sunglasses. <laughs> Lost or this and is albino. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Lost or abandoned as a child in a jungle teeming with ravenous dinosaurs. Yeah. And and <laughs> there you were found by an equally lost frost giant, and together you survive. So you and your frost giant girlfriend. That's a love story right there. Some cold nights. Some cold. Yeah. There's. I can't imagine spooning like with a giant. Like, a, yeah, a hill giant. They're not very attractive. Well, in your eyes, I think in everybody's eyes, even like that's being very judgmental. Don't is you that think? No, no, no. Yes, listen, it is. listen. I thought giants, better of you. I did too. Well, you, you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm shallow. I want a pretty giant. Aren't, aren't, aren't you? Aren't you the social worker? Uh, yeah. Aren't you supposed to be understanding? Or your farm was everyone's beautiful in inside. <laughs> And they are. Your farm was crushed and your family killed in a battle between warring groups of giants. That must have sucked. <laughs> Just like, well, there's a village there. Should we go find another battlefield? Nah. They're all humans. I do like number four. Well, it said yeah. farm was crushed. The only thing I could picture was a giant beanstalk yeah. <laughs> crashing down. A sympathetic giant soldier promised to care for you. Oh. And there you went off to travel in his spaceship. <laughs> Making a living as bounty hunters. Uh, <laughs> number five, after you've had a series of strange dreams as a child, your superstitious parents sent you to study with a powerful but aloof storm giant oracle. That's pretty cool, too. That That's interesting. I, I He'd be like Sean Connery in, um, was it the, the Last Crusade there? Yes. Where... You know, young Indiana Jones comes running in and, and starts talking to his dad, played by Sean Connery. He's like, in Latin. You know, <laughs> so you would have to you would have to address him in multiple languages of the learned, like Infernal or or some bizarre language, like Draconic. While playing hide-and-seek with your friends, you stumbled into a castle of cloud giant matriarch who immediately adopted you. After she devoured your friends, <laughs> making them into loaves of bread. That's kind of gruesome. Who immediately adopted you? <laughs> it's just like I'm there's f- no choice. There's no yeah. oh, she's nice. I like you. I'm going to keep you. I'm full. <laughs> I won't eat this one. Yeah, just, it's almost like, mom, can I keep it? <laughs> I promise to pick up after it. 
It's going to die. You don't know what it eats. <laughs> so you're like in a jar, like a giant jar with holes poked in the top. <laughs> We already had one of those characters. And it, <laughs> and it throws stuff in there, you know, throw like like sausages and potatoes in there. Couple I think li- this is what it eats. A couple live animals. <laughs> so you get personality traits. What I lack in stature I make up for in sheer spite. I'm just little and bitter. I don't think I could play that one. <laughs> That'd be a stretch for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes size does matter, Okay. If I see a beast bigger than me, I'm immediately running away. I can't see that one. I can't. Not for the barbarian. I feel like I got to. Your skittish it. guy, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you know, I'll I'll battle anything unless I don't know what the hell it is and it's bigger than me. Yeah, crowded spaces make me uncomfortable. I'd much rather be in a wide open field than a bustling tavern. Because uh, imagine like at like family reunions, you know, everybody's <laughs> everybody's got their t-shirts on. You know that were made, and you're in the backyard, and you gotta you gotta keep from getting stepped on. Well, not to mention you're trying to get to the buffet, and everyone just kind of like hips you out of the way. And- yeah, every meal looks like Fred Flintstone at the drive-in. <laughs> you know, they put that giant rib on the side of his car, and his car tips over. That's I don't know. Do young people know who Fred Flintstone is? I don't know. I don't either. That's a Brontosaurus rib, by the way. Um, if you do know who Fred Flintstone is, post it over on our Facebook page. And if you don't, say, who the hell is Fred Flintstone? Yeah, but don't Google and look it up if you don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. cheating. That's cheating. Be honest. Okay, size is just half the story. Every avalanche begins with a single pebble. Ooh, that's, a, ph- a philosopher's take on... That's perfect. That's perfect for the guy that, you know, takes it a little too far and fights. Yep. His catchphrase, Avalanche! <laughs> Maybe that's his nickname. That was about his name. <laughs> and the world always feels too big, and I'm afraid I'll never find my place in it. That one I can see fitting very well. Yep. Yeah. And I like being small. Helps me stay unnoticed and underestimated. <laughs> at, at six foot four. Yep. How about the planar philosopher? Um, I'm not too sure about this one. Same here. You subscribe to a distinct philosophy that seeks to uh, understand nature and the planes and some hidden truth of the multiverse. You draw strength from your conviction and perhaps a network of like-minded believers. In your travels, you seek to deepen the depths of your understanding and spread your philosophy. Flat earthers come to mind. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking cultist, but, you know, hey, yeah, that works too. Scientology? You know? Scientology. <laughs> Well, we'll never get that interview with Tom Cruise now. Yeah, now. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, we're not. We don't want to talk to you. Um, it was too short. He couldn't sit on the chair and reach the mic. That's it. We'll have to go. Where are some of the ones before? <laughs> Sizes only half the story. <laughs> Give me don't a judge people by their size. Frodo and Sam. Oh, you were just the judging way. about the hill that's, giants. That's different. By looks, that's worse. Yeah. No, it's not. Hill giants are unattractive. You ever seen a good-looking hill giant? Have you ever seen a hill giant? Yes, I, I, yes, I, I'm I have. looking at you. I've seen. <laughs> I'm more of a fire giant. No, they have hair. Maybe a Goliath. They have muscle. There's muscle. It's cleverly concealed. <laughs> Beneath a soft, fluffy outer shell. <laughs> layer upon layer of dormant muscle, waiting to be activated at a moment's notice. And then you're going to sprain something and cry, Doctor! 
I never cry doctor. You I've, just go to the hospital. I've sprained things so many times. <laughs> All right. So our planar philosopher, stop being mean, Lewis. You get uh, Arcana and Persuasion. Yep. Two languages of your choice. So one of the features is Conviction. You gain the Scion of the Outer Plains feet. It's uh, in the feats section. Um, and in addition, members of organization provide you free modest lodging and food at any of their holding or homes of other faction members. So yeah, you're like part of like, you know, you're a Freemason or something. All you got to do is show them your ring or your tattoo or, or whatever. And they let you in. Illuminati. Yeah. They got a special knock. Wrong. Burn him. Philosopher traits. Um, I don't venerate any gods. We can be as powerful or greater than them. Interesting. Experiences everything. Live in the moment. That's usable. When things crumble, I find meaning in the ashes. Very philosophical. Life thrives through order. I won't tolerate disruptions. When others make plans, the multiverse laughs, and so do I. This is the guy that is going to be, like, really hard to, like, kind of, like, nail down for, like, you know, a dinner engagement or something. <laughs> he's he's the one that doesn't show up to the D&D table regularly. Yeah. <laughs> and I know what's right, and no one will stand in my way. And they get trinkets, too. Trinkets is a new thing. You know, they have lockets, a bleached rat skull with colored beads in its eye sockets, torn parchment with half a rebus puzzle. Painted on it, bracelet of twisted razor vine stems, fragment of a verdigree coated bronze blade, smooth river stone covered in tiny carved holy symbols. Little little things like that. Yeah, I I don't know. That, that's not something I'm attracted to at all. I, as for backgrounds, I think this would fit decently with the fate domain cleric. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think yeah. I think you can expand on the trinkets and maybe a couple other things to make it a little bit better. The personality traits seem to be a little, I don't know, shallow. Yes, they, they could be expanded upon a little more in depth. I think. Yeah, I would. This is the one I would make a wizard, and my trinket would be my spell book, but it would be like a pendant. It'd just be like a really small spell book with pages with just like a single picture or symbol on them and that's that's the uh that's the spell maybe a little shorthand alongside of it just a couple little strokes just this tiny little maybe something the size of a deck of cards that'd be my my philosopher trinket this next one i'm i kind of like the rune carver yeah i don't know why i like it maybe it's because i i don't recall anything like this before it's kind of new and no, there's some, I, I want to say first edition. There was something that was uh, like a rune caster or something like that early on. I'm trying, can't for life me for it, but I, it's it's not new, but it's was it in one of the brown books? Maybe. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I may be wrong, but it, it to me it feels like something that's been done already a long time ago. And I think, I think they have just the being, rune night now too. And um, yeah, and fifth five e. So this might be under just, fighters. Might be just a, a rediscover. You've dedicated your life to studying the practice of runecraft, whether you were personally taught by a rune, a master rune carving, or learned by 
poring over engravings in ancient ruins, you understand how to tap into the supernatural power held within runes. Uh, it's initially created by the giants of yore, but over time, the practice has been adopted by individuals of all races and backgrounds. As such, though, giant runes are the most common. Many rune carvers incorporate symbols from their native languages into the craft. So, yeah, uh, maybe that's where I think with the giants. I don't know. I just, I no, can't. I'm it, just it, looking, it's, I just it's, looked it's, up in DD Beyond. There is a rune carver fighter in class. Okay. Maybe that, yeah. Just, yep, I remember seeing it too. It's called, it's the rune knight, rune but knight. Okay. he does his, one of his uh, third level uh, features is rune carver. Okay. That's cool. You get history and perception. Um, language is giant and one other language of your choice. So it makes sense. Equipment's basic. And then you have some rune styles. You inscribe your runes with a fine metal needle. You can whittle down pieces of wood into small figurines you mark with your runes. You engrave runes into glass beads and thread them onto necklaces and bracelets. I can see that. You stitch your runes into the hems of clothing. I, I could work with that. Like my my rune carver would would be a sorcerer, I think. Someone who's just inherently magical. Yeah. Yeah. And uh flamboyant. You know, he would he would wear like brightly colored clothing that was almost gaudy and have all sorts of jewelry and 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 baubles, but his uh his particular clothing would be would just be covered in 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 runes. I could see I could see it, uh, a hint of it on the outside hem. But on the inside, the entire inside of the cloak is cut, is stitched everywhere with runes in it. So if you walk around, you'd catch a little glimpse of of something inside his cloak, you know, on the inside. Until, you know, like maybe one of his his uh, semantics is he throws his cloak back and the, the runes glow inside. Carve runes on a set of animal bones you can throw in different formations. And drawing your runes into candles. So yes, yeah, I again there's. That could be expanded upon very, very easily. Yeah. I think it's kind of like a creative jumpstart to, you know, what a much larger list could look like. Yep. And uh, your feature, uh, Rune Carver's Apprentice. You gain the Rune Carver Apprentice feat presented later in this document. And then you get a little bit of personality traits going to build your carver. Yeah, it is practical to learn an ancient language that is rarely used in everyday speech. I learned one of my ancestors was a lauded rune carver whose story was lost to time, so I seek to rekindle that legacy. The old traditional markings of runecraft took look so boring. Why not give your rune some flair? That's what my flamboyant dressmaker <laughs> would do. And in my study of runes, I strive to understand how great civilizations of the past fell so that I may prevent it from happening to societies of the present. So kind of like an archaeologist. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Life may be a whirlwind of chaos around me, but whenever I create my runes, I feel at peace. And finally, my brain struggles to process ink words written on paper, but the tactile feeling of carved runes makes my mind sing. And that's um, a pretty solid group of backgrounds we get. You, I think you could do a lot of fun things with 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 these. I still, I think I like the room carver out of the, the all the backgrounds the most. Could have fun with that. You, I think you're right. A, a sorcerer, a warlock, but probably either of those would probably work really, really well. A sage, 
That's a background. Uh, 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 but yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a, it's a background, but if you built your character along those oh, lines. to be so, like a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that would be an interesting avenue. So there's there's different ways to go with all of these. And I think, I said we touched on some of them. And I it, it would be fun to play some of them. The philosopher, I'm still not sold on the philosopher, though. Yeah. I do like the giant foundling. And that's Unearth Arcana, Wonders of the Multiverse, Part 2. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.